Good morning, church. May the blessings of the Almighty God be with you and your families now and always. Today's sermon is on the shrewd manager. We are praying that God will open our hearts and our minds so we can receive what he wants us to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God blesses us abundantly with many spiritual gifts and also with the resources that permits us to indulge in a variety of activities, to treat ourselves and to live quite comfortably in a world where many are not afforded the same luxuries. Everything good that we have and enjoy is a gift from God. We, as the people of light, have been given the responsibility as stewards of God's abundant resource to manage it with meekness, earnestness and integrity. We are called to be managers of God's affairs and will be held accountable for how we have managed his possessions. The shrewd manager probably thought that his favourable position would never change and began to assume that the possessions which he managed were indirectly his to do with as he pleased. His pride grew with every unchallenged action and he soon forgot that the day of reckoning is imminent where all will have to give an account of how we managed God's provisions. As custodians of God's resources, we are to acknowledge each day what a privilege it is to be his steward and that everything we have belongs to him. Taking that stance each day enables us to see clearly ahead the pitfalls that comes from claiming ownership of what is not ours and taking for granted what others may never be in possession of. How often do we thank God for the privilege of being his steward and for the autonomy we have to manage his possessions? It is a song we need to sing often, lest we find ourselves in a position where we become complacent and covetous of the things that were meant to be distributed compassionately. The shrewd manager thought only about his survival and displayed a worldly astuteness when it came to financial matters, which may have been rewarded by re-employment elsewhere. However, there will be a cost to such motives. In the same way that he was not prepared for the day of his dismissal, he also will not be prepared for the day of judgment. The shrewd manager may have marveled at his own sharpness, further inflated by his master's commendation, but our heavenly father detests what is highly valued among men. Our God values meekness, integrity and sincerity in all our dealings so that he may be glorified in a world where the shrewdness exemplified by the dishonest manager is often expected and thus applauded. When we change the narrative by showing restraint in our covetousness of wealth and the mentality of whatever it takes to make it, 
then those who deal shrewdly will be confounded by your attitude. Perhaps they may perceive your manner as a sign of weakness and an opportunity to leverage their own position. But if you remain faithful, honest and with your God-given cheery disposition on display, hearts will be moved. The Holy Spirit works through those who are pliable to the will of God and through you even the questionable ways of the shrewd manager can be changed. How are we to manage our money and avoid the sneer of greed, corruption and idolatry, especially when verse 9 describes money as a worldly wealth or in the King James Version, the mammon of unrighteousness? That sounds like something I wouldn't want near me, let alone hold and manage. The scripture refers to money as worldly or unrighteous because it often manifests unrighteousness and selfishness in people, just like the unjust servant. However, it is one of the means by which God enables his people to help each other. It was never meant to be hoarded, but to be distributed without measure among God's people, never worrying about his quantity. Just like God's love and presence, his provisions are abundant and without end. Remember the Israelites and the manna they were fed with in the wilderness. Moses said to them in Exodus 16 verse 19, No one is to keep any of it until morning. The manna was abundant and there was no need to hoard any of it for the next day. Doing so meant what was intended to be a blessing ended up causing such a stench as it was covered with maggots. The Israelites coveted the blessing more than coveting and trusting the one who supplied the provision. Likewise, we are to trust that Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, will do it again and again. Our remit is to praise him as the blessings rains down, to praise him as we collect the blessing to praise him as we distribute his provisions, to praise him as he gives us our portion. And so the cycle continues in our time as sojourners on the earth, a continuous sacrifice of praise to him who alone is worthy. God's promise to those who have been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth is wonderful and worth revisiting over and over again. God promises true riches for those who have conducted themselves and their dealings with integrity and love. Our trustworthy approach to how we manage the littlest of God's finances will dictate whether we can be trusted with much more than bricks and mortar or financial rewards. We are promised heavenly riches of which I would fill spectacularly in describing his beauty, the fulfillment and the rapturous joy that would encase us for all eternity. We played no part in the making of this contract, nor do we have anything that is of value to the almighty God. 
Yet the benefits of this deal are so heavily skewed in our favor. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Knowing these things, that life is temporary, the day of reckoning imminent, and that God's provisions never ceases, can we then manage the little God has entrusted to us with integrity? Jesus tells us to use worldly riches to gain friends for ourselves, so that when the money is gone, we will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Friends, Jesus is asking us to use our money for the good of humanity. For how else would gaining friends by using worldly riches welcome us into eternal dwellings if we were not using God's provision to advance his kingdom? This is contrary to how the world operates, which tells us money will buy you lots of friends, but only friends who show their loyalty so long as your riches remain. But when Jesus tells us to gain friends using your worldly riches, he is referring to your servant's heart as the tool to use to administer his abundant resources. Our servant's heart is not to reside in our money, but to preside over it with integrity, meekness, earnestness, and the greatest one of all, love. These are to be the characteristics of the true manager of God's provisions. God bless you all. Amen.